Yes, it literally is your fault because you're the one who decided to have a crotch <laughs> goblin. That's not how that happened. That's not happy at all accident. how that happened. Uh, oh, God, there's no such thing as happy accidents. It is true. I'm happy about accidents that I learn from. Uh, yeah, Austin should learn from his accidents and never have another child. The fuck? Hey. Why don't you get off your high horse and fuck off? <laughs> Why don't you not ever get back on a horse because you might have another child? But I like riding oh, horses. They're fun. No. Have you ever been on one? They're fun. Have you actually been on a horse? Yeah. My brother's dad owns a horse farm. He used to literally raise horses for competitive uh, races. Okay. That's weird. But did you get on a horse? Yeah. I'm surprised you lasted outside that long. Uh, honestly, me too. <laughs> uh, so that is actually the one outdoor activity that I genuinely enjoy. I enjoy horse riding. It's relaxing. That is I very like strange. It. Why? Why is that so strange? Uh, because it's not are, strange at all when you think that another animal is doing literally all the work for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's also that's fair. <laughs> also true. How, why is it weird that he that he like raised competitive horses and sold them? Why is that weird? Uh, because it's your family. It's not my family. I am not related to him. Then you say it was your brother. It's my brother's dad. Oh, wait. I am not related to that psychopath. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. We have different dads. We all of my siblings have different dads. Fuck it. Oh God, your mom was just a whore. Ah. Hunting Pixels, the official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We've got a great show for you today. We thought we were done with our looks back, and in many ways we are, but we also haven't given our full retrospective on the games of the generation. So we're going to talk about that for you today. Uh, We've also got some thoughts on WandaVision and Game of Thrones. And on top of that, Josh has, that's me. That's me, guys. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> I have dived headfirst into my first Civilization game since Civ Revolution on the uh, the 360. And there's no coming back. There is literally no coming back. Uh, Austin has played an unhealthy amount of Persona. And uh, Dylan gets to talk about finally completing... I wish I could talk. Completing his challenge run. It's going to be a great show. If I do say so myself, I am, of course, your host, the one, the only Bebop man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, Dylan, number one PlayStation 4 fanboy, Martin, and Austin, the Xbox One was pretty cool, Stevens. <laughs> How's it pretty going, cool. fellas? <laughs> uh, horrible, honestly. Uh, I think I'm a pretty big PlayStation 4 fan. I got some games I like on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before you decided that uh, PC Master Race was going to be your calling card or whatever. Yeah, now fuck PlayStation. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I almost edited the outline this morning and changed PlayStation 4 fanboy to PlayStation Vita fanboy. And oh, then my phone died and I forgot mine. about it. 
I'm the Vita? PlayStation Vita fanboy. <clears throat> it's the best Sound- handheld. Well, yeah, Sound that was like a sandwich. Joke. Sandwich? Does it not sound like a sandwich or like some kind of drink? Like a smoothie? Uh, I think, I yeah, think probably closer to like a drink. I don't know about a sandwich. That's I don't know. Fucking Vita weird. sounds like a nice little smoothie. Yeah. Well, speaking of which. <laughs> oh, you, you fucker. I didn't even catch it. so long to pick that I up. Straight up didn't fucking not at all. He literally like, walked <laughs> in the room, put it on the table, and you looked Dude, at it, I, and then you walked out of the room. I was still thinking about sandwiches, bro. <laughs> like, I don't even fucking, like, my head was just, like, focused on, like, submarine great. sandwiches and shit. I don't know. That was great. Anyway, uh, yeah, I didn't get to a lot of media this week because, uh, well, I have been juicing and making <laughs> smoothies for like the last two weeks. And, I just uh, imagine you injecting steroids. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I started doing this because my New Year's resolution is to actually get back down to the weight that I was when I, uh, when I started dating Kayla. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I actually want to try to look like I did when I started, uh, dating Kayla. So, um, I've been doing that. It's, uh, dude, it's actually kind of a lot of fun. I, that sounds weird, but like, uh, like, sound kind of weird. I, I know, I know. But like, <laughs> so she has like a little like smoothie recipe book. Um, and I've been like looking at it or whatever, but like, it's kind of cool to like, like I like being in the kitchen. I like cooking. I like kind of like throwing things together. Like I have a, I was actually in the discord, man, this was like a long time ago. Uh, I was in one of my discords and I was talking about the, uh, the burger spice that I had made up. Cause I like to season my burgers before I put them, uh, on the grill and stuff. And, um, most good cooks do. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, and so I was talking about like what my seasoning was and like all the stuff. And I had mentioned that I threw cinnamon in it and everyone thought that was fucking weird, but like, I don't know, man, it gives it like a distinct flavor that like, uh, like I've never really tasted in a burger before. So, um, yeah, I, I really like being in the kitchen. It's, it's one of my, uh, my happy places. Um, I don't like to be in the kitchen all the fucking time. I would prefer to not have to cook every goddamn day, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So like just throwing different ingredients in to like make different juices and shit has been like really cool and like satisfying. Um, I had one the other day that was like, uh, what did I have in it? It was like carrot, pineapple, um, celery and like probably another vegetable, maybe, maybe spinach or something like that. I don't remember. Mm. And I was like, God damn, this is delicious. And I, I, Oh, ginger, ginger was the other thing. I was just fucking, I was sucking it down, man. It was delicious. But, uh, yeah. So, um, but I am, uh, I'm officially kind of done with that. I think I'm still going to use it as like a, a meal replacement sort of thing for like, um, like, when I go to work, I'll have one for breakfast and I'll have one for like my, my break at work. And then I'll have my one meal a day sort of thing at home. But, uh, anyway, yeah, good stuff. Um, Austin, I have one. No, shut up. Okay. I have one. Oh, 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 okay. Are you the host now? You fuck. Just telling people to shut up. You fuck. It's It's more like no pastime. (laughs) Go on, Dylan. Yeah. 
Go well, I just have a I have a smoothie every day after work, and it's what I look forward to every single day because, like you said, they're pretty fun. Thing is, since I moved, I haven't made my own. I go across the street and grab one. Uh, oh, at the work. Smoothie King, uh, Planet Smoothie. Planet. I thought it was Smoothie yeah. King too. Yeah. I've I walked at it over like there a million times. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I walked over there and I got out of the car and I was like, this is not what I said it was. <laughs> yeah. is, I knew nothing going in there, but boy, do I now. And that shit is fantastic. So I have one every day. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And that's my meal until lunch. Yeah. I do the same thing you do. Love yeah, it. It's, it's good shit, man. Like since I've been doing this, I've been eat, eat sort of kind of eating like here and there on and off. But like, uh, I officially like started eating, eating, um, like what I guess three days ago at this point, and um, like just having the one meal a day is really like easy for me now. Like, I'm not like crazy hungry all the time, which is cool, yeah. but <clears throat> I wish I could, I wish I could get on like a diet plan like that. But like, if I like, if I wake up, especially. <sighs> On days off, it's not so bad for some reason, but especially when I'm at work, I guess, because I'm, like, actively doing shit. Um, I get to work at, like, 5.45 every morning. If I don't have something, like, in my stomach by 7 o'clock, I'm fucking irritated as shit. Mm. Like, I have to eat at least four times a day or I'm just fucking irritable as hell. And I don't know what that's about, but... Uh, That's the way Kayla is, honestly. Really? (laughs) Yeah. She she really needs her breakfast. Yeah, I I like I even if it's just like a fucking toaster strudel that I throw in the microwave because they don't have fucking toasters at work for whatever goddamn reason. But Dude, uh, is it all squishy and shit? It is. It's not good. Uh. It's not good. <laughs> I, I don't recommend it. But like I I try to like toast them before I leave, but then I always tend to forget about that part, so I just end up heating it up in a microwave for like 20 seconds at work, and it's not the same. However, uh, Eggo's waffles in the microwave are actually not that bad. Surprise. Yeah, they're all squishy and shit. Yeah, I, I can't take... No, they're just really soft. Shit. You're they're just really man. soft. You're degenerate. That is awful. I don't have a fucking toaster. Eggos go in the toaster. To That's it. No, I don't no have microwave. one at work. It's not available. Don't even care. Listen, tell me about ti- Attack on Titan. Listen, Madison eats them bitches frozen. Why are you married to her? She's a fucking heathen. Dude. That, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> she, I like, I found out about that like right after we moved in together and I woke up one morning and she was just like sitting on the couch eating a waffle like with her hands. And I was like, first of all, you're eating a waffle with your hands and I'm already concerned. And then I looked at it and I was like, that waffle is still frozen. She was like, listen, I've been poor for the last like 15 years. I eat frozen waffles because we didn't used to have a fucking toaster. Okay, but now you fucking do. Exactly. So use a fucking toaster. Uh, It is what it is. Tell me about Attack on Titan, you fuck. Dude, I... You're talking about the newest season, right? Yeah. Okay. Um... Uh, I know I know both of you have said you've watched like parts of it and aren't anywhere near uh, caught up with it or anything. Yeah, not at all. Um, but I, I'm not going to talk about it too much because I don't really want to get into like super, super heavy spoilers. But uh, in order to talk about why I think this last episode was particularly so fucking good, I kind of have to. So if anyone's listening and doesn't want to hear that, I guess skip ahead until you hear me not talking anymore. Spoiler alert. Yes. Spoiler alert. Um. 
But pretty much uh, in between the events of season three and season four, um, the main cast of characters find out that they are not all that's left of humanity. And there's actually an entire fucking world beyond the beyond the walls that they've they've lived in their whole lives. And they find out they're actually on a fucking island. Um, so uh, they travel they travel across the ocean. And when they travel across the ocean and get to uh, the country that's right across from them, uh, they realize that they've been the enemy the whole time. They have had a serum that they inject prisoners of war with, and it turns them into titans. So this whole time, titans haven't been these divine creatures that they grew up believing they are. They're just man-made abominations. Um, and the most recent episode, um, pretty much ended with Aaron, the main character having, uh, snuck into, uh, the enemy territory and was like hiding and living there. And, uh, they, they have a big rally because they're going to go to war with the Island that the entire main cast grew up in. Um, and they're, they're having this big rally celebrating like a declaration of war. And the moment that motherfucker on stage Mention the words that this is a declaration of war. Aaron fucking slices his goddamn hand open and a Titan and his Titan form just like rips out of the fucking stadium, grabs the dude on stage, rips him in half and starts fucking eating him in front of everybody. Oh, my. And the, uh, the whole point, the whole point of that scene to me was to show that the tables have now turned like these people who have been sending Titans to other countries to literally obliterate them are now going to feel firsthand what they've been doing to the rest of the world. And I, th- I just thought that shit was fucking cool, and I thought it was crazy. The new animation studio that's taken on season four is doing a phenomenal fucking job. Um, they Very rarely do I watch anime and see CGI sequences and think they actually look fucking good. Hello? Um, they normally just look really out of place and uncomfortable. But this the the new st- I don't remember who it is. I think it's Mappa is the name of the new studio, and they are they are handling everything so fucking perfectly, and they're not censoring as much as the last studio did from the manga. There's a lot of really gory scenes that they've decided to keep and leave in there, and I think that's awesome. So, very cool. That's it. It's a good show. You guys should finish it. <clears throat> I'll uh, I'll get to it eventually. I One will day. not. One day. Yeah, because Dylan uh, doesn't like waifus. Dylan How about you tell me about anime. <laughs> tell me about routing game two, whatever the fuck that is. That means <laughs> that just means that I beat the first Spyro uh, oh, no okay. damage run, and now I'm in the process of routing the second game, which I hate. Um, but yeah, I did it, and I'm pretty sure it's a world's first for the reignited trilogy. I don't think anyone's done it yet, so I was the first one to do it is now up on YouTube for the proofs. Cool. Yeah. So no damage through that. Now I'm going through the second game and it's literally twice as, I'm not going to say it's twice as hard, but it's twice as long as the first game, unfortunately. So the first game I beat my fastest time, like with all the loading screens and everything like included was a, uh, an hour and 30 minutes. But if you take out the loading screens, it's like an hour and 19 minutes. Um, so this game, routing game two, is going to be closer to three, three and a half hours, I feel like, because um, there's so much more that I have to do. And I'm finding out now that, like, while I have the boss fights memorized, there's a little bit of RNG factor to it. But I've done a lot of practicing on stream. I'm already finding ways to, like, essentially, like in Dark Souls, how you can kind of cheese 
certain bosses like you can get through them easily like more so than some people might think like there are certain ways you can do stuff like that and i'm finding my own ways to do that too so that's pretty cool but even still like three and a half hours for a run of not getting hit it's it's a challenge but i'm up for it i did the first one i did it in under a month and now we're on to game two very cool oh yeah that's i while you were talking i looked up um I looked up for like a no damage speed. Uh, uh, would you consider what you did a speed run? No, just a no damage. No, just run. a no damage run. I looked up no damage run and on Google, and actually nothing came up. Yeah, uh, I got like all bosses with no damage, but not an entire run. So that's really fucking cool that you accomplished that. Yeah, I that's appreciate awesome. it. I was really excited because um, I didn't know I was doing worlds first before going into it. Thank Christ, because that would have added so much more stress. But now that I know that it was world's first, I mean that's pretty fucking sick. I'm I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, that I is cool. my belt. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. I'm um, gonna go share the hell out of that video then. Yes. Thank you. That's super Definitely cool. do. I think uh um I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. Do you ever? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Um listen. Uh, I did this wrong because I'm a terrible host. Uh, I wanted to save WandaVision for last. So, mm. uh, Dylan, <laughs> you've been watching Game of Thrones? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, a friend of mine at work has been re-watching it, or not re-watching it, but watching it for the first time. So that made Sabrina and I want to go back and watch it. We can't... <sighs> We can barely even stick to an episode a night. Sometimes we don't even do that. Tonight we didn't. Um, we're going through it at our own pace. And now that I know, I don't, I mean, did you guys watch it? Do you care about spoilers? Yeah, I've seen all of it, so. Okay. I've um, never seen it. It's That's fine. If you've not seen it by now, you might, you're probably not going to. I'm not going to, so you're cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, no spoiler alerts. It's been out long enough. Um Eighth, and I'm not even really going to go in depth on the spoilers, but the eighth season has been out for a while now. Um, that was the eighth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it was really disappointing to a lot of fans. Me, I mean, it's like you kind of see it coming. I'm not happy with how they handled a lot of stuff in the eighth season, but I mean, that's the story we got. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, they should have done this. They should have done that. Like I can nitpick all I want to, but it's not going to change the story we got. Mm-hmm. So this, I about said playthrough, Jesus Christ, this <laughs> watch through that we're doing. Um, I'm just kind of going into it like with an open mind again. Like I love literally every season for its own, you know, uh, content, whatever you want to call it. I love every season for like its own reason, but knowing what what's coming in uh, the end of season eight, I've only watched season eight one time. So this will be the second time watching it for me. And I'm going into it with a more open mind than I did the last time. Cause uh, when I, when season eight first came out, um, I didn't, I did not actually watch any of it until the, like the day of the, the finale, the day up until it. And then Sabrina and I binged the series and we watched it when it came out. So we kind of got like rushed viewpoints and then we also got kind of blinded viewpoints because I was keeping up with Reddit 
through the entirety of the finale. Like I wouldn't read spoilers or anything, but I read like key points and I was like, Oh, this sounds kind of, sounds kind of bad. But once I watched through it, it was like, okay, I mean, yeah, I would have done stuff differently, but that's not, that wasn't for me to do. Um, so watching through it now with Sabrina, like we're really appreciating like a lot of the story elements and stuff and like picking up on key details we missed before, but we're, and the, at the same time, like we know what's coming in season eight. So we're just kind of kind of going into it with an open mind, I guess. It's just we know what's to come. Josh, did you even like it? Like, I didn't even know you watched it. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> this might ruffle some feather, <laughs> fe- uh, fe- feathers. Go with Jesus. feathers. You've already said it. Just go with it. Uh, but I think it's great. Like in totality i i think that all of it as as like a thing together right is mm-hmm. is great um i think that the last season is really uh it's uh, mm, the thing about the last season is that it is poorly paced. I don't think that it is necessarily poorly written uh, because there are things in there like everyone wants to fucking like bitch about like um, Danny's turn and how it came out of nowhere, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, uh, did you guys watch the whole series the way that I did? Because you could definitely tell that there are things in, in Danny's storyline throughout the series that kind of like lead you to believe that she is going to be the quote unquote mad queen that she Mm -hmm. is going to like be sort of a a dictator or or if you will um i just the the thing is is that it was poorly paced like because that even though had been built up in in previous seasons and in other episodes it just kind of was like wait it's happening now. You know what I mean? Like they, I think yeah. they could have one had more like season an, would have done. Yeah, great. exactly. Exactly. If they had maybe given like an extra episode or two to the season before season eight, given an extra like two or three to season um, eight. And yeah, then give me like a two hour long game of Thrones movie. And like, yeah, exactly. together what's yeah. about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the entire ending after season six, everything felt rushed as fuck. And I think that it came down to like, uh, Benioff and, and Weiss, uh, they didn't want to work on it anymore. And they had other stuff percolating. Like they had signed on to do star Wars. They had signed on to do that show. Uh, I think it was called Confederacy that actually got canned because people were upset about fucking, a game being an alternate history about the fucking the South winning the civil war, even though no one's upset about fucking, uh, the Nazis winning in man in the high castle. Nobody's upset about that kind of shit. Uh, whatever. Anyway, I feel like that's more upsetting. Yeah. I, right. I feel like that's, that's what I'm saying that I would be more angry about. Well, honestly, I, I really wouldn't give a shit either way, but I feel like if I had to be mad about one, it would be the Nazi thing. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, people were just really pissy about it. And, like, I'm like, but it's fiction. I don't understand what you're... you're, Like, mm -mm. it is literally a made-up thing. Like, why are you upset? But that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that I think that they wanted to leave. And instead of HBO being like, well, we got to give this show to to a new showrunner. We've got to give it to someone who can handle the series going forward. They said, well, if they're going to leave, fuck it. Like, let's just, we'll end it. Fuck it. We'll just tear it up. And, and that was a bad thing for them to have done. Um, in totality, I think the show's great, but it has its problems for fucking sure. Yeah. That's how seasons I Seasons one through four like, are excellent, I think. Yeah. As seasons and one even, through four are the best. Season two now, watching through it, I mean, you can see Danny's descent. I wouldn't even say descent because she's on her ascent for a while, but you can see specks of that madness shine through even in season two. Like when she's talking yeah. about taking uh, Westeros, she's saying that she will take it with fire and blood. Like she uses the Targaryen words like that carries weight. You That means something. <laughs> Yeah, or yeah. fuck it. Like, even in season one when she kills her brother, admittedly, her brother is totally deserving of that shit. Oh, yeah. But, like, but, dude, like. The, she has this thousand-yard stare as it's happening and sheds no sign of emotion whatsoever when he when yeah. Viserys is killed. I don't know. It, it's yeah. it's uh, I uh, it's totally great. I, I really, I think that that show is one of the, the best shows to come out in the last decade for sure yeah I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sad it was so poorly received in the end because i think the ending is better than people give it credit for i do too uh i i don't think it's great by any means but i think it's way no. better than people acted like it was yeah like again i'll say either a like a, <clears throat> a movie branching what happened or a few extra episodes or even an entire one more season that would have been fine but for what we got it was okay yeah that's yeah, fair agreed um, all right. Well, let's get to it. Austin, you watch WandaVision. I did. Have you seen it uh, yet? No, I have not. It is oh. on the docket. I plan on doing it. So don't spoil anything. God if fucking you, damn it. That's like all of my talking it. points. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, what can I say? That's not spoilers. Uh, uh well, just tell me how you think it is. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Whatever. That's no fun. Um, so I, I honestly didn't think the show was going to be very good. Um, I don't think a lot of people did. Just because I I just... that Those are two characters that I really don't care about. I'm going to be fucking honest. I really genuinely don't care. Um, I didn't care. I, I cared more about Wanda's story, definitely, than I did anything involving Vision. Um, I just genuinely didn't give a shit about him in any of the fucking movies he was present in. But I really fucking like WandaVision, and I was surprised. Um, It gives me this kind of, which uh, I'm sure that's what they were going for, considering somebody who was heavily involved with I Love Lucy actually helped on the production of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, you could tell that's definitely something that they were going for. Um, But it it gives me these, these like, really old sitcom vibes that I'd, like, wake up to at 3 a.m. that would just be blasting on my TV on Nickelodeon. Um, it, it's cheesy, it's corny, but it's also kind of wholesome. And, and honestly, it has its funny moments. It's cheesy as shit, but I think that's what makes it so funny. Um, all, the first episode, not so much. The first episode was honestly kind of bland and kind of boring. 
Um, but then in the second episode, I'm not going to spoil it by saying how, but in the second episode, you get all these corny like sitcom vibes. But then throughout the entire episode, you also get little shots and little hints that something much more sinister than what we're seeing is going on. And they did it in a very unique way that I thought was really interesting. And it's good. You guys, you should check it out if you been doubting it like I did going into it. It I was a whole lot better than I expected it to be. And I mm. care a little more about their story arcs now. So interesting. I I I think it's very interesting to hear you say that uh you weren't excited about it. Because of all the ones that they had, had announced beforehand, it was the one I was most excited for. Uh, really? Main, yeah, mainly because I felt like it was gonna be something different. Like the MCU I hate to say this because like it sounds like I'm bashing it, but I'm mm. I'm I'm not. The MCU is all very 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 samey. Like yeah. all of their movies kind of feel the same. Mm. And that's like <sighs> I think that's a bad thing. <laughs> I'm going to be I honest. I I out of all of the I know they've announced new ones and I don't know what all of them are off the top of my head. Um, out of the newer ones that they recently announced in like the last month or two, um, I'm really excited for the Secret Wars one. I think that'll be really fucking cool. Um, I'm excited for uh, the War Machine series that they're going to do. And I'm actually really fucking excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. See, I, I'm not because I well, like with the exception of probably uh, Secret Wars that you were talking about. Uh, and I think what if, because what if is I remember correctly is supposed to be like animated. Yeah, it is. Um, those feel different. Yeah. I'm, I'm also, I should have mentioned that too. I'm also really excited for what if. So, but everything else I feel like is going to be very MCU, very sort of like, uh, and it probably will be. Yeah. It probably it's just 100% be. will be. I don't know. I I'm not saying that they're bad. I, I want to yeah. put that out there. I like the MCU movies for what they are, but like, mm-hmm. I don't want to see the same thing over and over and over again. So I division looked different and I'm, yeah, I don't know. I just really, I really like the dynamic, um, between, I, I like the dynamic relationship between Falcon and the winter soldier that they've had for the last couple of movies. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm really excited to see that explored in a, in a television series. I'm excited to see uh, uh, Zemo back because I really like Daniel Bruhl. I mm-hmm. think that's how you say his last name. Yeah. I like him as an actor a lot. Yeah, he did a really good job in that movie, too. I, I, I think oh, yeah, I agree. Um, there, there was another one that they... There was something else that I was excited about them doing, and now I don't. Uh, I think Moon Knight will be pretty cool, honestly. Yeah, that's got Oscar Isaac in it. Mm. I like him. So has he been confirmed for that role? Uh, well, he's rumored. So I assumed it's going to be him, but I mean, maybe not. Typically, all the MCU rumors end up being true. So yeah, I sw- I'm I'm fully convinced that Disney leaks that shit themselves to build hype. Oh, I'm sure. I I think the same thing about Nintendo. I think Nintendo leaks their own shit to build up hype. Yeah, they have to. That's because there's no way some of those there's no way some of those leaks are just that fucking accurate if that's not the case. Agreed. There's just no way. But good. Awesome. All right. 
Well, uh, with that all said, let's move on to our main topic. Um, and, you know, we've done a look back at our takes on the best games of 2020. We, we, we just kind of wrapped that up two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done our look forward at the games we're anticipating. That was last week. And we also did the the big predictions episode, which was, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Um, really, the last thing that we need now to do is to take a look back at the last generation. And that kind listeners is what we plan to do for you today. Uh, we were we're not going to rank them, um, or argue or anything like that. No, instead we just plan to celebrate what made the last generation great. Uh, we do have to set some ground rules first. So, uh, we decided that in order to be eligible, Yes, eligible. For a second in my head, I thought I said ineligible. Okay. In order to be eligible for this list, the games in question had to have been released between November 13th of 2013, which was the launch of the PS4, and November 22nd of 2020, which was the launch of the PS5. That's it. So that's literally the only restrictions we put on ourselves. Um, So fuck it. Why don't we just get right right there right into it um i will go first uh and the first one that i'm going to put out there is bloodborne mm. so uh bloodborne was released i believe in 2015 i'm just going to double check that real quick yes march of 2015 and for my money i think it is the best souls game uh or if, if you don't want to count it as a Souls game, from Soft game, whatever. It's in that same sort of vein. Uh, I think that it works for me because it feels a little bit more like arcadey. Uh, like, I feel like the combat isn't as difficult as the combat in like Dark Souls or Demon Souls. Um,. I feel like everything that happens in that I do want to point out real quick that I have not played all of the dark souls games and I have not played Sekiro. I've only played one and three of dark souls. Um, so, you know, take that as what you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, but like bloodborne was kind of what brought me into their games, so to speak. I, and I think again, it's because it feels more arcadey. It feels more uh, fluid. Like the the combat is very, very fucking like fun, uh, as opposed to Dark Souls, which I feel like is kind of I don't want to say clunky because that's not right, but like I feel like Dark Souls is a little less forgiving. I think yeah. is probably the the way to put it. Um, but like everything this game does, it does great. I think that it just fucking oozes atmosphere. It's very gothic. It's very like, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's, it's very, um, like old, like 1940s, like Frankenstein, like Dracula, like the universal monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Victorian. It's, it's very much inspired by that stuff. And I think that that is, uh, like 
it, it speaks to me in a way that like Dark Souls didn't because uh, I, I feel like Dark Souls is very rooted in like the fantasy of things and Bloodborne I think is rooted more in like the horror of things um but yeah I, I don't know man I I really like this game a lot and I think it's the best that the uh, Souls games have had to offer personally um and I think it's I, I think it's one of the best games of the generation oh yeah I, I think you're you know, right. say anything because I have no experience with any Dark Souls title except the first one. Uh, you're right in the sense that I feel like it is the best. The only thing that I complain about is the 30 frames, but hopefully they fix that by sending it to PC this year. We'll see. Um, it's got the best atmosphere from any of the games for sure. Um, I feel like Dark Souls... We'll talk about that later. But um, from the Soulsborne games, I think it is the best. It has a fantastic story if you can follow along. Follow along, and the bosses in the game are so much fun. And the combat's one, like you said. I mean, it's it's intuitive, but it's also a little more forgiving than the Souls games. You're still going to get messed up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but there's there's more opportunities in this game to recover from your failures. Um, And then the DLC is a lot of fun too, but just some of those ending bosses like are just relentless and it's a lot of fun. Um, They truly went above and beyond with bloodborne and I anticipate bloodborne too is somewhere on the horizon. So I hope so. Yeah, we will see, but definitely a fantastic choice for sure. Um. All right, Austin, go ahead and tell me about Persona 5. Is that what I put on there? Yeah. Oh, wow. I did do that, didn't I? Um, <clears throat> <laughs> not going to lie, I kind of forgot. Um, so I don't really know if I necessarily consider it to be like a, like a generation-defining title, um, but apparently Sony does. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in the Generations collection in the first place. (laughs) Um, But I, and I'll talk about it a little bit more in detail when we get to like what we've been playing and shit like that. But I I honestly genuinely feel like Persona 5 is like a fresh of breath air when it comes to JRPGs for me because it is absolutely (laughs) one of the most unique I've ever played. You said fresh of breath air, and it took me yeah, a second. Did I? <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, wow. I was just going to let him keep fresh going. breath air. Holy uh, shit, that one got me, because you said it, and in my head, I'm going, going, yeah, because I'm doing mental gymnastics, trying to be like, what? what he said, that? hold the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like I had all those math symbols flying past my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so unique, dude. They're so... The visuals and the aesthetics, it gives me like a like an 80s, almost like an 80s anime rec- like kind of feel. Um, at least the hub world does. And I just fucking love it. And I, I think it is a defining point in I, it, the Persona franchise as a whole, I think, is, is a defining point for for JRPGs, for modern JRPGs. And it's great. And I think it's, it's honestly one of my favorite games that have come out on the PS4. Yeah, I I agree with you uh, to a to, I don't want to say to a certain extent because that sounds wrong, but like uh, I think Persona Four 
um, or Persona Four Golden specifically, mm-hmm. is is what kind of brought Persona to the mainstream. Yeah, and Persona Five took all the excellent things that Persona Four did or Persona 4 Golden did, and then just kind of amplified them. I think 5 is fucking wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the cool thing about, I think, Persona, that, like, a lot of people who don't play these games uh, sort of, like, don't understand, mm-hmm. is that, like, it is a melding of, like, a... what feels like a billion different fucking... Uh, genres, dude. It, it like, fucking is. It's it's a it's a it's a it, an RPG. You know, kind of first and foremost, it's a mm-hmm. dungeon crawler. It's got like Pokemon elements to it. It's got fucking like mm-hmm. uh like Sim elements to it. Like there are so many fucking like little things just thrown in here and there, and it and they work. Yeah, they work. They all work. It's so weird. They should not work. And they do. Genuinely and do. Persona 5 is is excellent. I don't know if I like it quite as much as I like Persona 4 Golden, just because the, the characters in, in 4 are are really, really fucking endearing. Mm-hmm. And some of the characters in 5 I don't like as much. But it's, it's great, man. It, it fucking solid game. A really good I, choice. I feel like... I feel like especially Persona 5 gets a lot of unreasonable fucking hate. For oh, yeah. I no agree. goddamn reason. Um, dude, the amount of... Uh, well, actually, surprisingly, really only two have brought it up. But uh, the... <sighs> I, I made a TikTok about about Persona Five, and these this a guy and a girl both commented on it, uh, calling me a homophobe, telling me I was a piece of shit for supporting Atlas, and and just all this extra shit. And I'm just like, it, that's not true. Like none of that is fucking true. None of that. It, it's not what you're making it fucking out to be, and you're being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I just think that people should open their fucking brains a little bit. Like, if you do a little bit of research into Japanese culture, you'll understand that it's not as fucking weird as you're making it out to be. Mm-hmm. It's it's just not. And the game gets a whole lot of unnecessary fucking hate. I, I looked up the whole controversy issue, controversy thing on Google. There are Twitter pages literally dedicated to shit posting Atlas because they just hate fucking gay people, apparently. And it's just fucking ridiculous. And I just wanted to throw it out how much that angers me and how much I hate it. Cool. I don't know what Persona is, but you guys talk about it a lot. It's uh, good. I I don't know that you would necessarily like it. I um, don't think so. But it is. I I really genuinely think it's one of the the best JRPGs currently on the market. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of uh, pictures of the game on Steam, and it looks. I don't know. It looks. <laughs> he said, "I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I, I am gonna buy Persona Four soon. The only thing that's like stopping me from buying it is just the. I don't really like the 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 chibi element that they did with the hub world. Mm. I I don't really care for that too much. But yeah, I still totally want to pick it up and play it though. It's weird that it came out last year on Steam. That's kind of odd. 
Yeah, see the yeah, strikers it, it just one coming. Over. Yeah. yeah, I'm dumb excited for strikers. I am like an unreasonably amount excited for that fucking game. And I did not think I was going to be because I hate warrior games now. <laughs> but I'm still going to pick it up. Cool. Uh, just uh, so you know, my game list does not go in order. Okay. Uh, well, I was going to ask you, since we were talking about um, Bloodborne earlier, do you want to talk about Dark Souls 3? I didn't want to because I was going to go in order, but I okay. will now. Well, nope, too well, late. Too late. Spoilers. I was going to oh, save. It. Let's just go with all of them. Whichever order you fucking want to go in. So I'm Listen, talk man, about I was going to save this one for last because I thought it was your... your I mean, Number it one. was my favorite, but since <laughs> we're just jumping straight to the middle of the list, let's just do it this way. <laughs> Dude, Dylan is feisty tonight. Jesus. Am I never? He's a feisty little boy. You're not like this I'm, bad. I feel like I've been pretty tame. Like, I've said, like, three sentences. I was listening to you guys talk about anime five. Anime five. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new name of the game. Anime five. Uh, Dark Souls three is my favorite from the Soulsborne games um, because it just took a place in my heart. While I think Bloodborne's probably the best, Dark Souls three is my favorite. Um, it took the combat from Bloodborne and meshed it into the Dark Souls universe, which made the game not feel so clunky anymore. Um, the movements a lot more responsive and just the world of Dark Souls 3 is so much fun to explore. Um, I mean, just starting off and you're in, you know, the the just that murky, foggy graveyard and you work your way all the way up to Fireling Shrine and it's beautiful. Then you go to the castle, but eventually like you get to the, uh, the Boreal Valley and it's so sick. And then you get to go back to An Orlando, like all the way back from the first game. It just... It was a great, beautiful way to end the franchise and ending the ending the boss fights with uh, Gwen. I mean, the Lord of Cinder, which is essentially Gwen. Um, it was it was such a fantastic way to end it. I know DLC came out after the fact, but um, I don't know, man. I just I loved it so much. I loved what they did. Just the art, the soundtrack was phenomenal. The boss fights were amazing. The co-op in the game was a lot of fun. It was a lot more easier to access. And it just closed the book on the Dark Souls story, and it was nice. Yeah, I I like Dark Souls 3 the best of, of all the Souls games. Uh, well, not counting Bloodborne, like just Dark Souls. Right. Just the, that trilogy. It's my favorite. Uh, I feel like it's got the best boss encounters. I've, I for sure think it's got the best uh, combat because, uh, like you said, it, it feels closer to Bloodborne. Right. Um, it came out the year after, so they had time to refine those mechanics a little bit. Yeah. So I, yeah, I really like the fuck out of Dark Souls 3. Yeah. It was definitely one of the highlights of this past generation for me. Almost oh, yeah. five years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah very close. It was what, uh, March, May? Yeah, it was like March or April, I think. Oh, April, yeah. Uh, worldwide was April 12th, 2016. So, yeah. Yeah. A couple of months away. Cool. Uh, all right. My next one. Um, 
I'm going to go with a little game that I don't know if either of you have heard of called Inside. I have not. Um, okay. So I've only heard of the sequel outside. I hate you so much. <laughs> um, so inside is a little puzzle platformer adventure game from, uh, play dead studios. Uh, it was released in 2016. Um, play dead for those who, uh, don't know was the team who made the, uh, 2010 game limbo. Um, so everything about inside to me is excellent. It is a game that does not fucking tell you anything. Like there are no, uh, tutorials. There is no spoken words. There is just the gameplay and the visuals and everything you need to know is taught to you through trial and error and it just fucking works. Um, like one of the things that I think, uh, if you played limbo is, is sort of the same thing is like when you get in, you just kind of go. And you're supposed to solve these environmental puzzles and obviously avoid death. Like in this one, there are so many death states that like, I I remember at one point it was like uh, somewhere about the middle of the game, you uh, are getting chased by dogs. And like, if you miss time, a jump or, or fall into like a certain like, uh, area, so to speak, the dogs will tackle you and fucking like rip you apart and you see it on screen. It is horrific, but it, the game just oozes atmosphere. Like it's all sort of, uh, I don't want to say black and white cause black and white is not really correct that that's much more limbo uh limbo's deal but it's very very desaturated very very gray across the entire board and it i don't know man like you don't get puzzle platformers like this anymore i don't i don't feel like i feel like you get games like celeste which is a very traditional sort of uh um, I, uh, Metroidvania, I guess, is the best way to describe it. But like inside is a very like I feel like almost like a uh like a Mario or a or a Mega Man sort of uh in its design. It goes forward. You you don't go back. You don't search other things. You just keep going forward, and mm-hmm. the story progresses. And like. The the really awesome thing about Inside is that like there's a story there, but you don't ever hear like anyone talking, or it, it's all like told through the environment and the gameplay. And like, it, I I'm just doing a really bad job of explaining why it's so fucking good. If you have not played it, 
You can find it on every platform and, and like including iOS, including fucking, uh, I think Android even, um, it's literally available to you everywhere. Oh yeah. Go and fucking looks, get this game. It looks good, but in like a, a creepy way too. Like I know limbo. I played through a little bit of it, but I never beat it. That might be on the list this year. We'll see. Um, but inside look kind of creepy to me. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it's very creepy. And the the yeah. ending of the game is so like, yo, what the fuck? It like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hell yeah. I've never even heard of it, honestly, but I'll definitely check it out because it sounds pretty cool. I think it's probably my favorite game of 20. What did I say it was again? 2016. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. that was a game of uh, that was a year. A lot of good games. That, yeah, that's a great year for games. I honestly um, can't remember that year very well as far as gaming goes. Dude, uh, that was the year of fucking first off Dark Souls three, but then Overwatch and then Titanfall two and Dishonored two, Uncharted oh, shit, four, yeah. Uncharted like, four, Firewatch, Final Fantasy fifteen. Which you know, take it or leave it if you like the game or not. But like, that was a big year, and that's your favorite game out of all of them. That's the crazy I think thing. so, man. Like I like, yeah. That I don't remember. Much. Uh, another game grasping me the way that that game did. Hell yeah. Well, fuck a duck. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So, uh, I should have actually gone with this one first, Austin, but, Mm -hmm. um, this one caught my eye and I was like, what, what the fuck? Uh, tell me about Halo five. So at, at least in my opinion, Halo 5 absolutely has the best multiplayer since Reach. 100 fucking percent. And I I feel like as far as the Xbox One, maybe not all platforms, obviously, because it's a fucking exclusive. But uh, as far as the Xbox One goes, I feel like Halo 5 was a, def- was a defining flagship for that console. Uh, it... When did when did Halo Five come out? Because I don't even fucking know. I don't remember. Halo Five, if I remember correctly, was twenty fifteen. I th- think you're right. I don't know. I didn't have an Xbox yes. One then. I October twenty seventh, twenty fifteen. Um, but I just like when I when I think of Xbox One, I think Halo Five, just because I feel like other than Overwatch, that is absolutely the game I put the most time into on my Xbox One. Um, and like I said, and. I've had plenty of people tell me I'm fucking wrong. Uh, Josh, I can't remember if you were one of them, but that sounds like something you would say. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> what? Hang on. Uh, what, what is this opinion? Uh, that Halo 5 has the best multiplayer since Reach. Uh, fuck it. I think it's the best multiplayer since 2. Oh, okay. Well, that's surprising. I'm not. You just usually hate on all the things I love, so I'm I'm used to it. No, Halo 5's multiplayer is fucking great, yo. I do. I I I just love all the weird shit that they did, like all the weird fucking playlists that made no goddamn sense. Yeah, they were dude, fun. Uh, I love uh, the different game modes that they added, dude. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what was the one where it was like it was four v four, and you start on the like edges of the map, and they just kind of shoot you into the map. Do you know what yeah, I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the fucking name of it, though, but I know exactly which one you're talking about. Oh, uh, dude, it was fucking fun. There are a lot of really, really cool mm-hmm. things in Halo 5's multiplayer. They they had one game mode, and it was uh it was eight play it was like it was either six or eight player free for all. 
but pretty much you the whole point of the game is you hopped on these panels that shot you really fucking high and you were supposed to hit people in midair with the gravity hammer like that was the mm-hmm. whole fucking yeah. point of the game mode i don't remember I, that shit dude i i'm cannot tell you how long how many hours me and david have logged into that specific game mode i think one night we played it for like four or five straight hours we we had a fucking ball with that shit um and it for for as far as the Xbox One goes for for this past generation, I'm always going to immediately think Halo Five. Even though the story sucks, I know the story sucks. It's bad, mm-hmm. but the multiplayer is just fucking phenomenal, and it makes up for literally everything else that game did wrong, in my opinion. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, personally, I don't know if this would have. <laughs> I I don't know if this would have ever made my list, uh, mm. but. I agree with everything you said. The The campaign for Halo 5, I think, left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Mm-hmm. And for those, like, Halo purists who believe that, like, 1 through 3 is the best that Halo ever got in terms of, like, gameplay, I, I don't know what to tell you, but Halo 5 is excellent. Like, mm-hmm. in... In every situation that you have in that game, that is like the sort of sandbox, like do what you need to do uh, to to try to win. Halo Five succeeds, yeah. where I feel like Halo Four did not like mm-hmm. at all. The whole like they stripped away the whole uh, what did you call it loadout system, which is yeah. great. They took away all the the special uh, like abilities. They took that away and brought it back to what like Halos one through three were. That with the exception of the sprint, which is all the way around. Uh, I don't know, man. Like five is excellent. I think from that standpoint, the the story does suck. I'm not even gonna mm-hmm. lie to you. The story fucking blows, and that's really sad considering like even two games before this, the story was fucking wonderful. Like I arguably the best campaign, right? I mean, just two games before this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) honestly, I, I don't think three, four, three story wise is ever going to top what Bungie did. I think halo infinite has a chance knowing what we know now. Um, I'm, I can tell you I'm not excited to play the campaign from Halo Infinite. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to the multiplayer because if it's anything like fucking five, that will be all I play for months on fucking end until I physically can't stand the fucking game anymore. Yeah, I agree. And I'm extremely excited, even though I, at this point I've accepted that I'm probably not going to have an Xbox by then, so I'll just have to get good and play it on PC, I guess. <laughs> Get good, scrub. Get good. Wow, dude, I suck at Halo <laughs> on PC. I fucking I, I do too. Whoa. I I can't figure out like how the controls are supposed to feel with mouse and keyboard, mm-hmm. and I just I can't get used to it. So I've literally thought about playing with a fucking controller because I suck so goddamn bad. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that was Halo Five, Dylan. Uh, I guess you wanted to go with uh. Which one do you want to go with next? I mean, honestly, just, you know, spin the board. I actually don't care. You can pick whichever one. God damn it. Okay. uh, Well, since we're in the realm of shooters, go ahead and tell me about how you feel about Overwatch. Overwatch was a game that 
I was super excited for when it came out, and that's about the time I lost internet, so I did not get to really play it too much immediately. Eventually, I found the magic of hotspot, and I could utilize Wi-Fi, and that's when I truly began to fall in love with the game. Um, I was super excited about this because it was another Blizzard title, and you guys know I love World of Warcraft. I love Blizzard. Mm -hmm. So this was a new universe that I knew I would get to explore, and it did not let me down. It um, turned into probably, and I know this is, you know, this is saying a lot considering my background with first-person shooters, but I think it's my favorite competitive first-person shooter of all time. Um, it's completely just, I'm enamored with it. Uh, the, the maps are a lot of fun. The characters are brilliant, and you can dive into their lore. The art style is phenomenal. You know, even the soundtrack, as minimal as it is, is nice. And I love like the different game modes that they release that you can play. Like, and I love like mystery heroes. It's a game that you can take seriously without taking it too seriously. Yeah, um, I, I love all the events that they do for a, literally any holiday. Um, they'll have an event for it, and that's a lot of fun. Um, and this is something that you can get good at and know nothing about the competitive scene, like. I was a semi-decently ranked player at some point in time, and I never watched a single competitive Overwatch uh, game in my life. I still haven't. I know I couldn't tell you a single team who's in there. Um, but it's just a game that does everything right in a shooter, and it just mm -hmm. feels good to play no matter what system, you know, platform you're on. It just feels good to play. And it's it's truly one of my favorite games of this past generation and i can't wait to see what they do going forward again like if you listen to the last podcast blizzcon is right around the corner so hopefully we get some news on overwatch too but until then we can look back and reflect on overwatch because it was a lot of fun and they did everything right oh yeah 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 for sure i uh Everything you said rings true to me. I I really, really genuinely like the fuck out of that game. Mm -hmm. um, I played the shit out of it for the longest fucking time. Um, I don't know. It's, it's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's good really game. all you got to say. And even you, Austin, you love it too. Mm -hmm. I, dude, I adore fucking Overwatch. And uh, funny enough... Uh, before we picked up Overwatch, because I don't, I don't think I picked up Overwatch until sometime in like 2017. Um, before we picked up Overwatch, you know, Madison would like try some of the games I was playing here and there, but she would be like, eh, I just don't think gaming is really for me. And then we picked up Overwatch and I was at work one day uh, when I was doing construction and Madison texted me that morning. She was like, hey, I woke up and can't go back to sleep. She was like, Josie's still asleep, so I think I'm going to try Overwatch and see if I like it. Next thing I know, I got home and Madison was playing Overwatch. And I was like, oh, shit, how long have you been playing it? She was like, uh, all day, literally <laughs> all day. And Madison became at she is phenomenally and she always will be a hundred times fucking better at that game than I am. Um, I like to think I'm pretty good. Madison is literally something else. She could genuinely play competitive if she actually wanted to. That's pretty and, sick. Like, well, I picked it up on PC uh, when after I ordered my PC, I found an Instagram page that was actually doing a giveaway for a uh, download code for Overwatch on PC, and I entered it and literally forgot that I entered it. And then two days after I got my PC, I was like, "Oh damn, 
I'm going to check my email and like look up that that uh, that name and like see if anything comes up. Sure enough, I actually won the giveaway and they emailed it to me and I'd left <laughs> and didn't read the email for like a month and a fucking half. Holy shit. Um, it's crazy. But uh, Josh, do you have it on PC? Uh, I do not. I oh, shit. On the, uh, you should. I actually own it on Xbox and PS4. Damn. I also when when I bought a PS4 the first time, Madison was when I, I was buying my first PS4, uh Madison texted me. She was like, Hey, see if they have Overwatch. <laughs> I was like, God fucking damn it. Okay. I really hate that I have to buy this game on another console, but uh and then I bought it for the Switch and now I have it for the PC too. There we go. So, uh, I would like to do that co op one night. Like, oh hell yeah, I'd be super down to play with you. Um add and actually, it's funny that you that you talked about like the not knowing anything about the competitive side. Uh, Overwatch is actually the only like competitive tournament gaming scene that I act that I, I actively pay attention to. <laughs> Complete I think, opposites. I think I I'm like ninety five percent sure I have an Atlanta Rain T shirt somewhere, which is the Atlanta competitive Overwatch team, and I'm I pretty no sure I have a T shirt somewhere. That's crazy. Oh yeah. And they're fucking nuts, dude. Like, that shit's crazy. I could never imagine playing like that. Because I'm good, except on PC. I fucking suck at PC. I think it's just a first-person shooter thing for me at this point, because I'm ass. <laughs> but Overwatch is a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. Um. Cool. All right. I'm going to stay in the land of shooters for a second. Uh, I'm going to talk about Destiny. Uh, so, so far, my list, and I think Destiny might actually be the only one on my list that I don't necessarily think is the best of its genre, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, my list really is not like what I think are the best games of the generation. It's more that I think these games sort of define what the best or or maybe they had an overwhelming impact. That's probably the better way to put it. Uh, And destiny for all of my money is, I think the game that had the most impact on gaming as, as a, uh, what am I, what am I trying to say as a service? Uh, well not necessarily gaming as a service, but like, Gaming as a whole, I guess, like I, I, it had the most to to me had the most impacting impact on how games are sort of made. I guess now everything since Destiny is games as a service. Mm-hmm. Everything since Destiny has season passes, and I know that season passes had sort of kind of existed before, but like. Destiny like made that a thing, like just straight the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, the thing about Destiny that I think is really fucking cool and it doesn't get enough credit for is that it perfectly bridged that gap between the MMO heavy sort of like, World of Warcraft, uh, Diablo style of gameplay where like you have to like 
you have to be doing it as a constant grind, whatever, like that sort of thing. But it bridged it with the sort of Halo sort of thing where it has a story, but it also has multiplayer and you can jump in and do whatever it is that you want to do in in as little amount of time as you want to do it. If you want to jump in for one match of multiplayer, you can do that. If you want to spend every single day working up to getting a certain piece of gear or getting to raid level or what have you, destiny bridged that gap. Destiny made that entire thing possible. And the game did, it did release in a really poor state. There were no, like fucking out after the story was done, there was like almost nothing to do in that game. But with each expansion, it got better and better and better and better until the end of fucking the game for lack of a better term. Uh, you had like a full on game that like, millions of people were playing and loving and i like to fuck out of destiny 2 uh in multiple ways but it never quite grabbed me the way that destiny 1 did i think that destiny 1 was a great game especially by the end of its uh life and it did things for the industry that you just I don't think anyone was expecting like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's the best shooter of the generation. I, 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 I just don't, but the impact that it has had, I think makes it worthy for this list. I think it deserves to be on this list purely because of everything it did. F- I don't want to say for the industry, but definitely to the industry. So, uh, yeah, Destiny's my pick, or my next pick. I haven't played the first one. Well, I played the first one, but I don't think I ever finished it. I don't even think I got more than an hour into it. Um, It's not because I didn't like it. I think I just genuinely forgot that I bought it and then just never played it again. Um, But I played the shit out of the second one, and I fucking love the second game. I think the second game is really good. And I played I, the shit out of the first game. Um, I was there on release night, and I mean, I did, it was almost like Halo all over again. I we stayed mm-hmm. up for hours playing it, and it was just a different experience, and it was a lot of fun. And then, while there wasn't a lot to do necessarily towards the end of its um, story cycle, there was still multiplayer. And when I say multiplayer, I mean the competitive side. So you always had something you could be doing. And then they did eventually launch uh, the raid. Uh, They launched Vault of Glass, and beyond that, the Taken King DLC would eventually come out, and they continued to support the game, and that kind of became the inception of what would become Destiny 2, and Destiny 2 has now evolved even further than when it came out. Destiny 2 launched in a pretty pitiful state, and now it's just almost... I'm not okay. It's it's hard not to say perfect, but I mean they just do so much right with Destiny Two now. 
They do have those season passes that allow you to grind further. They do have continued support of DLC coming even this year. The game's free to play now. Um, the world's beautiful. Combat's great. They're continuing uh, with subclasses. They're doing everything right right now with Destiny 2. And that all started because way back when, when the first Destiny came out, it was just a, a different world than what we know now. But it all mm-hmm. started with that game. Hell yeah. I need to get back into it. I've been wanting to get back into it really bad. Yeah, I also want to, but at this point, like, I'm so far behind on everything, like, wise and shit that I don't know if, like, <clears throat> I just don't know if I have the time. It anymore. makes it really accessible just to jump in, especially because, like, now you start off right off the bat powerful enough to go and explore the um, Forsaken and Shadow Keep DLCs. Like you can just jump right into it and it's perfectly fine. Um, and then you could catch up with beyond light, which is the newest one all before this year when the new DLC comes out. Um, but it's very, it's a lot more accessible than you might think. Crazy that they're still doing DLC for that game. That's not, yep. and like I said, it's going to be a continued thing. Like beyond light was like their destiny three. And now we're going forward from here. God, it's like Xenoverse 2 all over again where they just don't (laughs) stop with the fucking DLC. It just kept coming. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Well, as we talk about paradigm shifting games, uh, Austin, go ahead and talk to me about another shooter known as Fortnite. Oh, boy. Um, uh, Along with Persona 5... I think I personally think Fortnite gets an unreasonable amount of fucking hate, like a, a genuinely unreasonable amount. <clears throat> People are like, "Oh, uh, only children who are who are bad at battle royales play Fortnite." No, fuck you. Fortnite is fun. Literally, eat my asshole. It's fun. <laughs> is it good? Not really. It's not. It's definitely nowhere close to being you know the best battle royale of the of the fucking genre. I mean, uh, off the top of my head, what's better than Fortnite? Warzone, Apex, even though I don't really fucking like Apex. It's still better. Um, fuck, uh, Blackout PUBG. is better than Fortnite. <clears throat> no, Fort- PUBG sucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> I honestly just genuinely don't like PUBG. I couldn't. I also do don't like PUBG, but oh, I, really? I, I think that it's a, a, a well made game. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just, I, don't, I just personally don't care for it. Just not my thing. But uh, Fortnite for me, like I, I didn't know. I, I did. I had no understanding what what battle royales really were um, until I played Fortnite, and I was like, "Oh shit!" So this is what everyone talks about. This is kind of dumb. And then I kept playing it, and I was like, "Okay, this is actually kind of fun. I'm enjoying this." And now me and David literally play every single night for at least an hour. Um. We do some of the most toxic shit I've ever seen in that fucking game. That's because Fortnite just makes it ridiculously easy to be toxic as hell, which that might be a problem in itself. But um, like this is like when you think Fortnite, you think of all the big streamers like Ninja. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of other big streamers whose names that I don't know because I don't follow Fortnite that well. Um, But like that, that's for me. I, I didn't know that Twitch streaming was as popular of a thing as it was until I got into Fortnite. Honestly, 
Like I, I didn't know that it was that big of a thing until until I started playing Fortnite, and I started like kind of accessing the community surrounding Fortnite. And for for me, Fortnite defined it, defined an an entire genre. I said defined. Why do I keep fucking up speaking tonight? Why why am I forgetting the English language? I've given you my powers. <laughs> <laughs> you can fucking take them back. I don't want it. <laughs> But uh, no, Fortnite, in my opinion, defined an entire genre, and I don't think I would have ever gotten into that genre if I never played Fortnite. And honestly, I think a lot of people that talk shit about it just talk shit about it because they're not good at it. <laughs> I genuinely think that's the case, except Dylan's case. He's calling. I was going to say he's calling you the fuck out, Dylan. No, oh, no, no I, got, I know Dylan's great at things. I've seen Dylan play stuff. He's good. Yeah, no, I'm sure I, I he didn't have genuinely a, doesn't like it. Uh, it's not even that I don't like it. It's just that, and I I don't want to sound like the old man who's sitting on his fr- fucking front porch drinking a beer, telling kids to get off his lawn. But I mean, I played that game before yeah. it is what it is now, and I really thoroughly enjoyed it back then. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a, a point in time that I did stop playing for a while, and when I came back, everything just felt different. I mean, the yeah. core concept was still there, but I just couldn't get back into it after that. That said, I think it's one of the biggest, uh, I, I would even almost say the biggest things to happen to gaming this past generation, just because it went on to monumental status. I mean, just it did. colossal it made fucking epic games what it is. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, I understand what came before Fortnite. I get that. But Fortnite will be forever what defined that um, epic games. I mean, they are rich yeah. beyond imaginable belief because of that game. And that's perfectly fine because, you know, they struck gold essentially. And it's it's a lot of fun for what it is. It's stupidly fun. Like you said, oh, yeah. at least for an hour a night, you can sit down, you can play and you can enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. There's not many games you can do that with. Yeah. You can say apex, but now they're almost making you have to grind out the battle pass. If you want to get your money's worth, or at least that's how it was when I was playing earlier in the season, but like mm-hmm. Fortnite, I mean, you can just sit down, shoot the shit with some friends, do some challenges, like work towards your battle. I mean, it's, it's just it's a casual competitive game that still yeah. makes you want to go for that win. It's great. Dude, me and David played um shit, maybe it was Sunday night, I want to say, and we got down to we got down to the final we were playing duos and we got down to the final six including us. And we were on like a mountaintop and we kind of looked down and we saw the other two squads fighting each other like over like across a river. And then next thing we know, we saw the six drop down to a three and we saw one person come out of that fight. But the guy wasn't paying attention that the circle was fucking closing. And me and David were sitting on top of this mountain with snipers, literally pinning him in the circle. And that's how we won by just pinning him in the circle and making him take damage. And I felt like such a fucking (laughs) asshole for doing that. (laughs) He knew he was fucked either way. Because yeah. he, he built like a little shack for like a little fucking. That's the only thing I hate about Fortnite. You start shooting at somebody and they make a four story apartment in half of a second. <laughs> and it pisses me off. But he he like it was either come out of his little shack and get sniped in the face or die by the circle. And I guess uh, he didn't want us to have the satisfaction. He decided to die by the circle. Dude, I, <laughs> I'm that asshole in Dead by Daylight. <laughs> 
<laughs> if I'm the last one alive and I know that the killer is going for like a a, a four uh, like a whole team's mm-hmm. uh, wipe or whatever, yeah. I will intentionally fuck off if I can't find the hatch or whatever, so he doesn't get the satisfaction of killing me. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, buddy. Jesus. You're one of those guys. I am one of those fucking guys. Oh, I know. Uh, That's but cool. um, yeah, so Fortnite, when you when we first started discussing this topic, you would ask if that was acceptable. And I the first thing that came to mind is I was like, Fortnite is 100 percent going to be on this list mm-hmm. um, because it, it take Whatever you think about the game out of the way, take mm-hmm. that out of the way. Fortnite is arguably the biggest fucking game in the world right now. Yeah, honestly, Ar- arguably the, the only other one that I can think or the only other two that I can think of that you could make a case for as being as big as Fortnite in this current moment is Grand Theft Auto five and Minecraft. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but there's also like a new fad every week too, right? Like Rust is the one right now. Oh, for sure. But mm-hmm. I, Rust has been around since like what 2014. Yeah, like, but now it's getting big. It's uh, gonna have yeah, its, it's getting moment. Big again. Yeah, but, I've never even heard of it. It's um, not worth it. He said you shouldn't. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but right now on Twitch at this very moment, Fortnite is the highest. Why? It's even above just chatting. Believe it or not. It's oh, the I bet. Oh, game right now. Ooh, shit. That, I know that makes you uh, upset, Dylan. <laughs> oh, I, I'm mad that it's even in second fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, uh, but it's uh, Twitch Rivals Night, so like everyone's playing it right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I just, uh, for all the things that I said about Destiny, I think Fortnite did the same exact kind of shit, but like to a different genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Fortnite made the battle royale genre sort of, uh, I I don't want to say viable because PUBG, when, when Fortnite went into early access, PUBG was like, uh, hitting its stride, so to speak. Like it was legitimately becoming like a huge fucking deal. And then, um, and that was what in God, I want to say 2017. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but um, but yeah, PUBG was becoming like fucking gigantic, and then Fortnite just they kind of tacked it on, which I think is what Dylan is talking about because Fortnite was a completely different game at one point. Yeah, it was a survival, <laughs> like it was yeah, something different. And then and then the battle royale stuff came in and like Fortnite just became fucking huge and now a household of, name. Yeah, literally I, over literally a household night. name. Shit was on Dr. Phil. <laughs> and and the thing is is like because I don't think that like PUBG was sure like it was selling uh I have I'm looking up on uh, the Wikipedia for Fortnite right now, and it's it's talking about this. It says that PUBG actually was had sold over five million copies uh, within its first three months, and and so Epic op- obviously was like, oh, we got to do this. But like, 
even like five million copies is nothing to sneeze at. Don't get me wrong, but like PUBG was never going to have the ubiquity that Fortnite does. It just was not. And Fortnite took what PUBG did and made it like a fucking known thing. And now everyone, every fucking body is doing their own version of a fucking battle royale. Yeah. Like you've got Apex, you've got fucking Warzone, you've got Blackout, you've got fucking did I already say Apex? Yeah, you already said Apex. Okay. Well, and you've got other shit like Tetris 99. Fucking Mario. Mario. You've got fucking uh what was the other one I was thinking of? Um Do you say Fall Guys? I didn't think uh, I didn't say Fall Guys, but it, like even Fall Guys is in that same sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, I everybody is doing a goddamn battle royale now. And it's be- it's not because of PUBG. It's not because of PUBG. It's mm-hmm. because of fucking Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite mm-hmm. is massive. And uh, like, again, take everything that you want to think about it aside. This has got to be on the list because it helped define what the generation was, I think, personally. Oh, yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. So. Have you guys seen that there's leaks that Halo Infinite will include a Battle Royale mode? I have. I do not want that. Uh, I don't think I'm, anyone does. <laughs> it's cool for the people who do want it, but I, I it's uh, completely unnecessary to me. Yeah, actively, genuinely don't care. Yeah. I mean, I'll play it if it's there, but I'm not like, just give me multiplayer, man. Like, you don't even have to give me a campaign. <laughs> just give me a multiplayer and I'm happy. Yeah. That's all I care about. Uh, Yeah. Well, that was that was Fortnite. Um, it was. Dylan, tell me about Ori and the Blind Forest. So this game is actually my second favorite from the generation. Um, I think rightfully so. Yeah. It trumped a lot of stuff for me. Um, Like beyond everything else I've talked about and one other that I will talk about. It's just one of the best experiences I've had and I've actually had it very recently. I didn't get to play this on its release. It was on the to-do list for a very long time, and I actually just wound up playing it in December and had such a fantastic time with it because it was, yes, it was challenging, but it was also from just the the get-go, it's a beautiful story. And you're having it narrated, yes, in small parts, but more so than that, you're like watching the actions of the characters that are on screen, whether it be Ori or, you know, even the villain um, of that game or Naru or whatever, you know, whatever's going on, you're watching these characters interact with one another. They're not really saying anything, but it's their body movements. It's the way that they sound and express themselves. You're watching a really beautiful story unfold And then you begin, you know, the story does start out and it's automatically, it's like, it's gripping you. Like it's a little sad and you feel a little somber going into it. But then there's also another rush rush of emotions because you're Ori and now you're, 
in this, I'm not going to say new world, but I mean, you're trying to survive. It's a dark and scary place. But in it being a dark and scary place, it's also one of the most beautiful and vibrant worlds you could imagine. And as you're going through these levels and you're doing all the platforming and solving all the puzzles, you cannot help but take in the detail of everything around you. And that detail often includes enemies that are very different from the last set of enemies you face. And that makes it very challenging in its own right. And it also makes it a lot of fun. Um, There's many obstacles you'll face along the way. And the biggest one for me is learning all of those new enemies because each one adds some new mechanic. And it's just a lot of fun to progress to that final stage and it's like, oh, you know, what can they possibly throw at me now? But they find a way. They add something different. They tweak it. And it made it a fantastic journey all the way up into the end with a fantastic boss fight. Um, I really enjoyed how they did those boss level moments in this game. And I think the uh, the climax of the story, the little, you know, the the moment that you work towards that for the entirety of the game, it's truly fun. And that last you know, minute to two minutes, however long you're doing that little boss fight. It was, it was a lot of fun and it was a great conclusion to the game. So just from start to finish perfection all around. And I loved it so much. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Ori is kind of the, I don't want to say the exact opposite of inside, because that's just not true. Um, but it does many, like it does almost the exact same thing as inside, but like in a, uh, lighthearted, um, emotionally affecting way. Whereas like, like inside is like the kind of like, uh, intricate, like, scary so to speak sort of version or in the blind forest is very much like a game that is about like caring and like uh loss and like god it's it's about so many fucking things and it's it's like uh i know that they've said this and it seems kind of trite to say that but like it really is like the fucking Lion King in a lot of ways. And yeah, there's some core elements explored both ways. Yeah. I, I, I love Ori in the Blind Forest. I, I haven't actually gotten through Ori in the Will of the Wisp uh, all the way yet. Um, just because it so many other things and like at the time it wasn't running all that well on my Xbox One and whatever. But like like the the gameplay by itself is is extraordinary i think the gameplay by itself is really fucking great in terms of like metroidvania like platformers but like mm-hmm. the art direction and the story it tells is just it grips you and does not let you fucking go and by the end of the game man i was just like I was so emotionally affected by this game. It hits hard. 
It hits very fucking hard on a lot of different levels. Um, and that's something that's what's so beautiful about it. And I love that by the end of the game, it transitions and sets up perfectly for Will of the Wisps. And I think they did that spectacularly well. And that's one of the parts where the emotion truly comes in, too. It's because this whole through the entirety of the first game, you're almost I'm not going to say running in fear because you're also charging headstrong into the story and you're trying to do what's right. And you have these you know, three objectives to accomplish. But at the same time, you are also running a lot from one particular thing. But by the end of it, the spectrum shifts and you get hit with a wave of understanding. But with that understanding comes a harrowing truth. And this is all in a game that didn't have to speak a word to say it. And that's what truly made it so special and I think everyone should absolutely give it a shot. And Ori and the Will of the Wisps has not been played by me yet, but it is also on the to-do list this year and hopefully very soon. Hell yeah. I haven't played it. I haven't played either of them yet. You you should <clears throat> fucking get on it, dude. Ori and the Blind Force is great. And what little bit I've been able to play of um, Will of the Wisp is excellent as well. Oh yeah. I think it'd be a game that your kids would like to watch too. I mean, it feels like you're, it's, it feels kind of like a Disney movie. I mean, it makes you yes. feel in all the ways a Disney yeah. movie would. But yeah, Josie would probably go fucking nuts over that. Yeah. It's very cute, but also it tells a story and it's worth it. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll check that shit out. Definitely should. Um, all right. My next game. Uh, and this is going to sound weird to, I think, a lot of people. But my next game is Forza Horizon 3. Uh, Foho. I, I genuinely don't even know what to say about this game. Uh, because it sounds so weird putting like a sports or a racing game on here. But like, I have never... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna step that back just a little bit. I adored Forza Horizon Two. I think that Forza Horizon Two was my gateway drug into racing games because I'm not like back in the day. I used to kind of fuck around with stuff like um, Need for Speed or uh, what was the other big one? Not Gran Turismo. I was never a Gran Turismo guy, but. There was another one that was kind of like Need for Speed. Um, fuck, I, I, I'm I'm blanking on the name, but like they weren't games that I was particularly fond of. Yeah. Forza Horizon Two, though, I tried because I was told you will like this even if you don't like racing games, and so I tried it and I fucking fell in love with it. Then Horizon 3 came out and like I was anticipating Horizon 3 a lot, but like I wasn't expecting it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want you guys to humor me for just a second. Uh, I think that after Inside... 
which I think was also 2016. Yeah. After Inside, I think Forza Horizon 3 was my favorite game. Mm. I, I genuinely, I don't think I put more time into a video game that year, with the exception of maybe Overwatch, I guess, than Forza Horizon 3. And even Overwatch, I'm not even sure if I put as much time as I did in Forza Horizon 3. I really? played that game fucking religiously, dude. Like, fucking religiously. I would get home from work, and I would play Forza Horizon. Like, yeah, it just... It's, it's it's just what I did. And like there were things in it that made it uh definitely appeal to other people. Like in this one you could set up your own events. So you could make um like uh like you could set up a little hub and be like, okay, for the first thing in this event, you're going to run a circuit race around the city for this next thing in the event. You're going to run a mad dash across the fucking continent. Like it just did all of like it put the power in your hands and not only did it look fucking gorgeous, but it was crazy fucking fun to play. It's, by far my favorite Forza game, just period. I, I really like four, but like dude, three is fucking phenomenal. Everything about it is great. And like, even if you don't like racing games and even if you don't like fucking cars, you need to play this game. Just period. It's, it's top tier excellence and I fucking love it. Oh yeah. That's awesome. I'm personally not about racing games. Go ahead, Dylan. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I didn't care for uh, horizon one or two. I mean, it wasn't that they were bad. I just didn't have enough time to invest in it. But then (laughs) horizon three came out and that changed everything. Cause I played, I have played every Forza up until I've played from Forza two all the way up until where we're at now. And I've never missed a game. And horizon three was the one that truly blew me away. And it's like, this is what I've wanted literally all of my entire fucking life. Like that was the kind of racing game that I wanted. That is what felt just, it felt like a dream for a racing game lover. Like it was not only open world, but it was like this just festival that you were so invested in, but the festival covered the whole Island and everything that they did was just so right and the soundtrack oh my god i can go on forever about dude forza. the soundtrack in forza 3 is so fucking so and four yeah. yeah i i like four a lot too but yeah like, four is up there three is what started fucking, it for me yeah yeah i wholeheartedly fucking agree like i invested so many hours into that game invested many hours into horizon four and will inevitably do it with the next iteration whenever that comes out I can patiently wait, Um, but it was so much fun, and it's one of those things where I feel like this is the underrated uh, franchise from Microsoft as in, like, you know, that's someone that they have their exclusive rights with. Like, I know everyone knows the Forza name, but I don't feel like the, the Horizon series gets its credit where it's due because Horizon 3 and 4 did so much right. And you can't find that experience anywhere else. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, Austin. Yes. Go ahead and talk to me about Spider-Man. 
Awesome. I'm glad you saved the other one for last because that's the one I wanted to be last. Yeah, I, I thought so. <laughs> um, so first off, um, I've talked. I know that I'm sure all of us at some point have talked about uh, Spider-Man or I'm sorry, Marvel Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. You got to you got to say it right. Um, but it, it, the same way that when I think about Xbox One, I think about Halo. When I think about PS4, I think about Spider-Man because now it's a toss up between Spider-Man and Persona 5. Um, but there for a while, Spider-Man was my favorite PS4 title. It, it literally made me get a PS4 in the first place. Um, that's when I bought my first PS4 is when Spider-Man was announced. Um, it, ju- it also, let me start off by saying the Arkham series walked so Spider-Man could run. They did. They, they took what made for in my, and at least in my opinion, they're, they're extremely fucking similar. Um, and it took everything that made the Arkham games great. And then in my opinion, did them better. Well, except for the detective stuff, the detective stuff is not there. Uh, there's a couple of like little detective things in the DLC that are not anywhere near as good as anything the Batman games did, but they were still cool. Um, no, I just, I, I honestly, I think Spider-Man is a solid 9.5 out of 10. And I absolutely think it is one of the, maybe not top three, but definitely the top five best PS4 games that have come out. And I fucking love it. And I can't wait for them to do a goddamn sequel. I want it so bad because I don't count Miles Morales as a sequel. That's it. That's all I have to say about it. I feel like I've talked about it way too much on this podcast to say anything else that I haven't already fucking said. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Cool. Um, Well, in that case, uh... I mean, I don't have much more to say about it. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could reiterate and say I had a great story, and I think they did a lot right with it. But we all know that. I mean, it's yeah, exactly. It's common that's knowledge. one of the goes. It's not only common knowledge, but I think that it's that's a monument to its success. Everything it did right. Mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, they did a fantastic job with the level design of being able to sling around New York. I love that everything from the Marvel universe seems to be in there. Like you can find, you know, where Matt Murdock practices law. You can find Jessica Jones's um, alias investigations. I mean, you can find everything. Um, you can find the fucking Osborne Mansion from the Sam Raimi trilogy. Yeah, I mean, literally, they threw so much into that game, and it really shows. And then they branched off with Miles Morales, just saying, "Hey." there's more to this story that's coming and that's where we're at now. Mm-hmm. So the next chapter is going to be really exciting. Yeah, I am. I'm super, uh, excited about the next one for sure. Whenever that may fucking be, whenever that may be. And if everyone in the world can even get a PS5 by then, uh, yeah, <laughs> fucking see, <laughs> I'm going to bring uh, it up once an episode until I fucking get one. Because <laughs> I'm still mad uh, about it. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever well, not going to be mad about it. Um, Dylan, tell me hey. a little bit. You about. said that so seductively, <laughs> right? He said, "Hey, 
Um, kind of got me going a little bit. Tell me how you feel about The Witcher 3. Does he have to at this point? I feel like this is like one of those Fortnite moments where it had to be on this list somehow. Um, Mm -hmm. Because whether you like the game or not, the game did win. uh, Did it win the most awards of the last generation of any other game? Because I think it might be up there. Um, I'm not not sure if that's the highest awarded game of all time. That's what I'm wondering. Um, And it's that good for a reason. It's. I did not play The Witcher 1 or 2. I can't lie and say that I did. But when I picked up The Witcher 3, and I do not remember why I did it. I think I might have briefed a video on YouTube where I saw something on Twitch because it was popular perhaps. But I picked it up. And upon diving into it, I found that I could not stop. And it's because from the... it's Again, it's almost like Ori. I have this pattern that if a game can grip me from the start that's when it's you know it sinks its claws and it's hard for me to put that kind of game down and this is what what the witcher 3 did and it's very rare that that happens um and when it did happen i began to see more of this universe that i did not know existed and i couldn't help but turn over every rock and try to find every secret and talk to all the people that i could and weigh my dialogue options and you know ponder how that's going to affect the story going forward and it truly does it truly feels like your choices affect the outcome of this game and they do there are multiple endings there are different love choices that you can choose from that will ultimately affect how you wind up um, in the end of the game, which is, again, a fantastic and just in-depth thing that CD Projekt did. This is what made me fall in love with the game development company. And this is a game that I can go back and play over and over and over again, and I'm never bored of it. It's like Skyrim for me. I could do this over and over again because the story is that good. You don't get stories like that anymore. Uh, And the combat mechanics like... You know, some people like it, some people don't. Some people say it's shallow, but some people also know that if you invest into the the skill trees and you if you invest into the RPG elements, that combat opens up and it becomes so much fun to literally dance and weave your way through these enemies and just slice them and you know lock them into place with the spells. There's so much you can do, and you have to really give your time to the game to see that. I love the, you know, just the questing and trying to find different uh, outfits from the um, different schools of the Witcher. And just overall, the game concluded perfectly, um, I truly believe, in terms of, you know, if you got the good ending and you played through the main story and you got the good ending, I thought that was a remarkable ending that's one of the things where i don't care how far away we get i'll never spoil it for someone but mm-hmm. everyone loves the blood and wine dlc and i'm not gonna lie to you that's something i didn't finish but the hearts of stone dlc the heart of stone dlc is to this day and will probably remain my favorite dlc slash expansion to come out for any game ever i have never had that kind of like I had to see the next thing. I had to go a little further. That story 
was so good. I, it could have been a whole game by itself. It was fantastic, and it was a a callback to a person you meet earlier in your travels, and you find out more about them on their story, and it leads you on this fantastic journey all the way up until the very end. And just oh man, the ending of that quest line is it gives you like a what the fuck like you start to see all these pieces come together and then your, you know, your brain starts turning and it's like, holy shit, wait a minute. And it just, it delivered such a fantastic outcome. And that was on top of the already to me, perfect game. So I think it's very well deserved that it won the awards that it did. And I feel like it had to be on one of the best games of this past generation. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that would have that's one of my high choices. I did just look it up, and it is still currently the highest awarded video game of all time with 151 awards. That's insane. Can you believe that the company that made the highest awarded video game of all time is now like the most hated dev studio on, on the internet? Yeah, they got to pick it up. That's fucking wild. But they'll always be my Witcher 3 buddies. Like They'll be the ones that did that for me. I still have yet to play the Witcher 3. Um, I've played like maybe an hour of it. Uh I have it on Xbox and and Steam, so I, I really need to get to that. You got a big backlog, but if it ever finds the time to grace its way into your hands for a little bit, the story picks up quickly. Oh, it will. It I I really fucking obviously not a lot. I know not a lot's gonna fucking happen in the first hour of a fucking. What genre would you call The Witcher Three? Action RPG. Action RPG. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um. I, obviously, in the first hour, literally not shit is going to fucking happen. Um, but from what I saw from like when I watched the opening cinematic for The Witcher 3 on my fucking TV, I was like, this is fucking dope. Yeah, it's super sick. fucking here for this. And the show on Netflix is fantastic, too, if you want to watch that. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I love the fucking show. Yeah. Uh, get to it. Okay. Okay, I thought you were about to say it's terrible. No, oh, no, I, I've never seen it. I personally don't like Henry Cavill, but I mean, if I like The Witcher Three, I'll probably watch it. So there we go. Well, you're you're allowed to be wrong. I'm not oh, saying he's a bad actor. I'm just saying I don't like it. I don't like him. Just not a fan. I just don't care. Uh, next. Yeah. <laughs> not even a bad opinion. Uh. I don't have anything other to say than what you two um, have already said. Witcher 3 mm-hmm. is great. Now, <clears throat> I do want to point out that there are a lot of people who think that it is like the greatest thing since sliced bread and that uh, uh, the... Um, I don't know why I just said that. I was saying <laughs> that and like... <laughs> Uh, I, because the the point I was going to try to make God. is there are a lot of people who are like CD Projekt Red wasn't known until The Witcher 3 uh, and uh, <laughs> The Witcher 3 is the greatest thing since sliced bread and like they hadn't made a good game before then uh, I would like to point to The Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings uh, because <coughs> that game is fucking wonderful it really is fucking great and a lot of people are like me 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 and then fucking they suck the dick of the third one and the third one's the best one uh, don't get me wrong but uh, just a little shout out to Witcher 2. I, 
I have all three on Steam, and I'm going to do a playthrough of them. Again, I want to do it this year, but I have so much shit that I have to do, so it's it's on the fucking to-do list. It's on the to-do list. All right. Just like one more game that someone's highlighting right now. Yep, and striking through right now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> my number one game... Well, not my number one game, but the 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 game that is last on my list for defining the generation is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. This game is fucking phenomenal. Um, the team at Ninja Theory, I had played several of their games before I played this. Uh, namely, I had played Enslaved, Odyssey to the West, which I thought was really great. Uh, I really liked that game a lot. Um, uh, well, uh, a lot of other people will disagree with me. <laughs> uh, and I also had played their uh, Devil May Cry. I, I, I don't know if you want to call it a reboot or it definitely wasn't a remake. Um, but it was called DMC Devil May Cry. And I really, really liked that game. I thought that game was really fucking good. Um, but then they came out of nowhere with Hellblades into a sacrifice. And this is a game that is not only crazy fucking like fun to play, uh, and also really endearing for its, uh, like subject matter of the story. Like it is all about fucking psychosis and, uh, more specifically about, um, what was the actual disorder that they said it was based around? Uh, I thought it was psychosis. Was it, was it just psychosis? I, I feel yeah, like I remembered psychosis. Okay. I, I feel like I remember saying or like reading something else um, uh, that they had said it was God, schizophrenia, maybe. I'm reading now. It's a uh, psychosis because I thought it was schizophrenia, too. Okay. Uh, whatever the case may be. So you, you take that like story material, obviously, but then like the way that they mixed it in with the gameplay and with the, the sound design, like the sound design in this game, I think is the best sound design of, of any game I've maybe ever heard. Um, I don't know, man, this game's a fucking work of art, just, just straight up, just period. Like it's, uh, Again, like it's it's really fun to play, but like the story is so fucking gripping, and the sound design is so powerful. I just everything about this game is fucking phenomenal from beginning to end. Uh, the the uh, the woman who plays Senua gives a crazy fucking great performance. Um, there are just. I don't even know, man. There, there are so many really incredible things about this game that are just like out there. Like fucking, they have FMV clips like playing in the middle of cutscenes, like, f- like full on, like 
fully acted live action FMVs just in the middle of this fucking game. And it all come, come back, comes back to sort of like reinforce that theme and what the game is about. And just, I don't know, man, it's excellent. I, I don't, I don't know if it's the best game of the generation. Um, but for me, it is. I think Hellblade Senua Sacrifice is incredible. I, I really do. And I cannot fucking wait for the sequel. It's a game that everyone should play regardless of, uh, like, um, console affiliations and shit like that. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever, I never finished my, uh, let's play of it. I got, you know, distracted. That's my life. Um, but that's one of the things that I almost considered attempting to delve into and see if I could do a no hit run of that. Cause I think that'd be pretty sick. And the combat's very, very dark souls esque, but actually a little, I mean, I have a lot of fun with the combat in Hellblade. Um, yeah, it I is. Too. Yeah, it is so much fun to dodge and parry, bob and weave. It feels good. Um, and the the first boss fight with Cert, that's as far as I got. That was fucking sick. Like, there's mechanics to it. There's there's levels to this shit, <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. Um, it did so much right. It really got in my head at the beginning of the game too. Like, I had this cerebral feeling of just. And listening through a headset, like they weren't kidding when they said that at the beginning of the game, like when the voices are bouncing around your head coming from different directions, it's almost maddening. And I love that about the game. They got into your head. They made your own head and imagination, the atmosphere. That's what's so crazy to me. Like you were, you were questioning shit. You were trying to fight off. It's not that you were trying to fight off the voices, but it's like after a while, they start to get to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're following along with her story, but it's a fucked up story in and of itself, especially if you know of that mythology and know what she's about to endure and go through. It's pretty fucking scary, but they do such a beautiful job with it. And I'm excited to finish this one. Um, I'm excited to try and delve into the mechanics further of the game to see if it is possible to know hit. I'm sure it is. And if it is, that's just more than I can invest into it. So I'm excited for that, too. But Overall, it has to be up there with, you know, Fortnite and The Witcher. Hellblade defined this generation for what it did. Like, it was one of the only games to do what it did, and it did it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, could not have said it better. Uh, the only game, I think, on this list that maybe gave me pause for... Uh, in terms of greatness, I guess would be Austin's neck pick. Austin's <laughs> neck pick. I can't speak, man. Ah, damn! What is going? I on? thought you were going to say Halo Five. No, no. So Breath uh, of the Wild, huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you fuck, fuck you. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think anyone who's ever listened to literally any episode of this podcast. Oh, be it maybe a couple of the most recent ones where I think I forget to talk about it, and that's fucking heresy. Um, fuck AT and T. That dude. <laughs> I think everyone who's listened to even one episode of what we've of what we've done so far knows how much I genuinely fucking adore Breath of the Wild. 
Um, it is absolutely my favorite, one of my favorite Switch titles, if not my favorite Switch title. Um, excuse me. I don't have as large of a collection anymore because I kind of stopped caring. Uh, but Breath of the Wild is what made me get into like hardcore physical collectings for this physical collecting for the Switch. I think by like May, before most of my collection got stolen, I was tiptoeing like 50, phys- 50 uh, physical Switch games, which is crazy because I've never had that many games for like physical games for a console before. And that I spent a lot of fucking money on, and it literally ripped the heart out of my chest when they all got stolen from me, all with the exception of two. Um, but Breath of the Wild was literally the first one that I went and rebought. Um, I just I fucking love that game. It, I, I people shit on it. Uh, I see more people shit on it, especially now than I really, especially the last couple months than I really ever have. Um, you know, there are people who are like, oh, it's not a real Zelda game because it doesn't have dungeons. It, it fucking does, first of all. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry that that Zelda fans that have been playing the same fucking 3D Zelda game for 20 fucking years. Like, I'm sorry you can't understand or process change in your brain. But that that's not my fucking problem. Um, I think that Breath of the Wild was a a very different and unique take on the Zelda franchise. And I think even Nintendo themselves didn't know what the reception was going to be like for that game. Um, and I think Nintendo did a fantastic job. Uh, it, it's, I know that it's like blasphemy to, to, to say it in front of hardcore Zelda fans, but breath of the wild is absolutely my favorite Zelda game. The only thing I could tie it with is maybe Ocarina, maybe, but overall breath of the wild did it. And, I consider the Switch to be in the same uh, console generation as the Xbox One and the PS4, and I think that Breath of the Wild was a def- very defining game for the for the Switch as a whole. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it yeah, was a I, very defining game for my Switchhood because it's so Dark Souls like in itself that. Of course, I fell in love with it. Um, the only thing I do not believe I did was actually go and beat Ganon, but I did so much of like I got all four divine beasts and I explored the world. I found you know hundreds of Korok seeds, um, and just really had a good time getting into it. It's the it's the most fun I've had in a Zelda game. It's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Um, I played Ocarina of Time when I was a kid. I tried to replay it on 3DS, but you know how the story goes. Um. Yeah, and I don't know. I never really got into a Zelda game as much as I did with Breath of the Wild. It did so much right. Again, like the art style was so much fun. the The variations in armor was fantastic. I didn't care for the breakable weapons, but once you get accustomed to it, I mean, it's fine. It's fun. It's yeah, a mechanic. It literally that's, starts to not even matter. Right. It it just becomes a mechanic at some point, and that's that's fine. Um, and a lot of the enemies are a lot of fun to face. Um, what are they called? The, the line, the lions are the Lionels that I'm Lionel, I, I think Lionel. So Fuck those. yeah, the first time I ever came across that, I was like, holy shit, this is not your average fucking skeleton. <laughs> you know, it's not just an easy fight. It had, it had mechanics and it was just mm-hmm. a ton of fun to really get to dive into a game like that. And the shrines are so much fun to me. Like I love solving puzzles like that. That's 
me in video games. I like sitting there and being like, hmm. mm-hmm. you know, and trying to figure something out. I love that. And Breath of the Wild, they kicked ass at it. Um, I loved everything they did with it, and I'm super excited for Breath of the Wild too. So excited. I'm so, so fucking hyped. It, I want it to come out this year so bad, but I know it's not going to. I have friend. I have a friend, believe it or not, he, he has told me many times that the second they announce a collector's edition of Breath of the Wild 2, he's going to pre-order every copy he can. And who is that friend, Dylan? I forget his name. Yeah, it's probably some fucking loser. Yep, I agree. He's a fucking loser. <laughs> probably like collects waifu that. statues or some weird shit like that. I don't think I'd have that person as a friend. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm hurt. <laughs> uh, but, um, Dylan, we gosh, are getting long in the tooth. Tell me about right. Stardew Valley. It's a good game. All right, moving on. <laughs> You think that every time. <laughs> well, I, I try not to overuse it. I feel like I didn't do it last episode. But uh again, this this is up there with the with the Spider-Man and uh the persona. We talk about this a lot because of me. Um we do. It is my favorite game of all time, and it is my favorite game of the past generation. Came out in 2016 and changed my life. I still play it. I mean, I was playing it before I jumped onto the podcast. It's just a good wholesome time that you cannot find from any other game. Like animal crossing comes close fine, but it does not offer what Stardew Valley offers to me. And it does so much, right? I mean, you can go and watch a stream of it. You can go and watch a YouTube video of it, but the best thing you could possibly do is just to pick up the game and immerse yourself in it. And don't be afraid to get immersed. Just, dive in and have a good time and forget what you're doing for a little bit and just go. Like, I want to talk about it more and I want to tell about the interactions with the characters you'll have and the the festivals you'll partake in and the animals that you'll find and the friends that you'll meet and, you know, the love that you'll eventually have, the activities you can do, but it's just best to dive into the game. And I think everyone should try it. If you haven't picked it up, it's a worthwhile experience and it's, hands down my favorite game of this generation very cool um i have barely played it so i i can't speak to it but but that's cool that you like it so much yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) we all know uh cool well, with that said, I guess we'll move on to what we've been playing. Uh, I mean, that was our, our games generation. Woo! Take it or leave it. Fuckers. We did it. All right. Um, I'm actually going to take Immortals Phoenix Rising off of here because I feel like Fine. everything that I'm going to say about it, I said last week mm-hmm. uh, because I still have not progressed the story all that much. <laughs> I've just I've been having a blast with it like it's it's one of those games that I just go in and like I I don't want to say I turn my brain off because that's not right but like I just go in and like I I play for like an hour two hours here or there and then hey don't delete my stuff I'm like this is a this is a good game 
Uh, but I do want to talk about Civilization Six. Oh no! So, <laughs> uh, this is the first Civilization game that I have played since Civ Revolution on the 360. Um, and boy, is this game fucking good! <laughs> I real fucking like this game. Um, so if you've never played a civilization game before, basically what it is, is like you start out as a leader and you are tasked with taking your, uh, I I guess country or like, okay. Founding a country and then kind of taking it to be the world's leader, so to speak, in as many things as you can possibly make it the leader of. Uh, and Civ six introduces a lot of really cool stuff that, uh, I've never dealt with before. Like, um, the, (sighs) I'm trying to remember how exactly how everything was in, in revolution, because, I know that that's a very different game than uh, than what Civ is, so to speak. Um, I don't know, man. Like they 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 added stuff that I had never really seen before, and it's just got me. It's got its hooks in me, and I'm. I'm loving it. Like I'm adoring this game. I'm I tried so it, man. Fun. I don't know what the issue was. Maybe it's the curse of me and I, it's just that I couldn't stick with it, but I loved civilization revolution. Um, again, played it at the same time period that you did fucking love that game. It was fantastic, but I just haven't been able to get into Civ six for some reason. And I don't know why. And I want to give it another chance, but I have like a game list that's, fucking longer than a toilet paper roll dude i i don't know when i can possibly fit these games into my schedule yeah i i feel that i honestly i shouldn't because there are so many other games that like are just sitting in my backlog and i need to fucking get to them but yeah i can't help myself i i've been playing this game at least an hour every night i i'm loving it i i don't even know what else to say but Austin, now that you're there, there's no going away. It's not going away. It's just it's you're not. Stuck. It's got its claws in you. Excuse me. Um, um tell me about uh Persona five because you continue not playing anything else other than Persona. It's so good I can't stop. <laughs> I definitely don't think it helps that this that the main story is literally 120 hours long. That definitely I mean, does not help my fucking. It is crazy long. It's ridiculously long. Um, I I think that that's one of the biggest complaints I even see about the game is just how actually long it is. Um, I fucking love this game, dude, and I'm I'm not gonna stop playing it anytime. Um, I haven't gotten a lot of chances to play it here in the last couple of days. Uh, cause, uh, today was my ninth 12 hour day in a row at work and I've got three more to go and I want to kill myself. So I don't really have time <laughs> to do a whole lot of anything. Um, so what little time I have has been going to, uh, uh, persona. 
Persona 5. Uh, I, I could be spending my free time, you know, like hanging out with my kids, but Persona 5 is better, so I've been doing that. <laughs> oh, it's fair. a joke for people who get offended at things too easily. Uh, I don't hate yes. my kids. I love them. I hate your kids. Um, They'll probably hate you, so that's fair. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't hate your kids. <laughs> they are They are kind of the worst. But look at their parents. They had no choice. I was going to say, no that's, chance. it's all children are the worst, though. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I still hate everyone else's kids. Yeah, because children are the worst. They're terrible. They're, they're little blood-sucking demons. Blood-sucking demons. <laughs> they're awful. But uh, yeah, Persona 5's tight. I, 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 I literally feel like I can't say anything else about it at this point. But yeah. I, love it. I love it so much. And I wish it's, it was coming to the Switch. It's good stuff, man. It is good stuff. I'm uh, still mad that Atlas teased the whole, like, uh, that, well, I think it was, like, maybe a little over a year ago, uh, Atlas posted this big thing on their website, and it was literally just P5S. And everybody was like, oh, Persona 5 on the Switch? And then they were right. like, nope, <laughs> it's a Dynasty Warrior game. <laughs> They were like, fuck you. Oh, that I am going to go pre-order when I get paid this week. So. Oh, Lord. Cool. That's uh, it. Well, <laughs> Move on. I'm Jesus. Mo- moving on. <clears throat> Dylan, why don't you go hey. ahead and tell me about Spyro 2? Uh, it's a good game. No, I'm joking. I swear to uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> now, for, for the record, you are talking about uh, Ripto's Rage, correct? Yes. Okay. In the Reignited Trilogy. So that's really it. I mean, I have been playing a lot of Stardew Valley, but I just talked about that a few minutes ago. Um, since I got the no, hit, no damage run on Spyro 1, this is the obvious next step. And it's been a lot of fun. Like, I, I'm enjoying getting to dive into this, like... I did the first game. I'm learning new mechanics. I'm already figuring out ways to cut some of the time down in the runs. Like I'm figuring out new routes and it's just so much fun. It's, this is why I enjoy playing these games is because I can dive further into a childhood favorite and I can go the extra mile on these uh, specific titles and just bang out a challenge that I didn't think that I would really ever try to do or have any reason to do. But now that I'm doing it, I love the games even more. And, uh, Spy- uh Ripto's rage got a lot harder because bosses were introduced and, and bosses that actually fought back. Um, so learning the mechanics of all these fights has been a challenge, but now that I'm there, I can, I'm starting to take control of these boss fights a little more, um, each time that i practice them and i think that's super cool because these are boss fights that i found incredibly hard um on my first initial playthrough but once i did it and i went back now i'm to the point where i can you know guide their shots around and i can get into a position where i take no damage at all on the final boss um it's just cool it's cool to learn be able to learn everything about this um in a way that i never had a chance to before Mm. Oh, yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, I have to assume that the last game on your list, uh, it, Austin, is Yu-Gi-Oh! It is. We can skip it if you want. It is. 
It's just a Yu-Gi-Oh simulator on PC. (laughs) That's all it is. I've been playing a lot of it recently, too. Oh, my God. It's cool. You're the worst kind of person. (laughs) I enjoy it. They, uh, They keep it updated literally to the point where like when new cards are announced before they're even released in Japan, because they always come out in Japan first, um, literally like the day they're announced on like a uh, uh, Konami's like Yu-Gi-Oh website, they're they're added to YGO Pro for you to fuck around with and play with. And I just like to build. Uh, I don't know how deep your guys's knowledge you God, I'm fucking the sentence up. I don't know how how well you guys uh, know trading card games. Um but uh, it's really fun to just build like a first turn Exodia deck to make it so my opponent literally can't fucking play the game and they just have to suffer. It's great. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I that's like when I'm when I get home and I'm really frustrated at something like I just had a shitty fucking day at work. I just go on YGO Pro and make kids fucking rage by literally making a deck to where they can't play the fucking game. Oh. That's how that's what I take my frustrations out with. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. We're almost done. Yes. We're that's at it. the wick of the peak. We're at the... Huh? He just said, yep. <laughs> pick of the what week. What the fuck did you just say? I think he said the wick of the peak. I don't even know yes. what the fuck that means. Are you making fun of me from earlier still? I generally always make fun of you, but I wasn't doing it that time. Oh my gosh! Oh, I'm the the butt end of the uh, the joke in this in this podcast. No, you are the joke. Jesus! This is what right. happens when you're late. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was gonna be late. Well, uh, my pick of the week is Ryan Hollinger's video on the first Resident Evil movie. It's called "In Defense of the First Resident Evil Movie." Uh, I think I've talked about him before, but if I have not, Ryan Hollinger is a great YouTuber who does uh, sort of retrospectives on horror movies. Uh, and he's gotten a, um, I mean, he's he's done a ton of them um, at this point. But this one is, he, he kind of glosses over the entire series uh, in the video, but it's uh, really him breaking down why he thinks that the first Resident Evil movie is actually kind of good. Uh, I agree with pretty much everything that he says in this um, video. I think it's great. It's really well edited. Uh, and he's a great YouTuber. You should go check him out. Austin, tell me Our about of the Magnolia week. Park. Oh, I was going to say it before you. Oh, did. okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, my pick of the week is uh, Magnolia Park, and they are a relatively small and relatively new pop punk band from Florida. Um, I'm super, I, I know I've talked about it at least once or twice. Um, I'm super into metalcore and deathcore and like Norwegian black metal and shit like that. But I also fucking love pop punk. Um, and here recently I've kind of been listening to different shit because a lot of, uh, metalcore and deathcore bands that are out now are literally just boring the shit out of me because I feel like they all just keep recycling the same riffs uh, album after fucking album and I kind of get tired of hearing the same three chords tuned in drop C for fucking 45 minutes Uh, so I've really just been listening to like early 2000s 
like metalcore for the past couple weeks. And then I was scrolling through TikTok the other day and I found this band on TikTok and I listened to their shit. And it's the this is the first like new wave of pop punk music that I've genuinely enjoyed in fucking years. And I, I like I mean, like 2015. Um, and I just think that they're fucking awesome. And I feel like this band, they're, they're very unique, uh, com- compared to the rest of the pop punk bands that are in the scene now. And I feel like this band is going to be one that people who are fans of the genre should keep their eye on. Cause I think this band's going to blow the fuck up. So check them out. They're really good. Awesome. Very, very cool. All right. Well, uh, Dylan, why don't you tell me about Man on the Moon? Uh, Austin made me have a last-minute change of heart on what my pick of the week is because I've been bumping one album pretty much all week, and that's Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon. Um, Oh, good fucking shit. Yes. So this is probably tied for my most favorite album of all time. Um, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac is up there with uh, tied with this, but this album truly I feel like is just fantastic from start to finish. It's Kid Cudi at his best and it's just a feel good trip from start to finish. Make you get into your feels a little bit, but the production on this album was just phenomenal and he has so many of those hit songs that you would know from him. If you ever heard of his name, you've heard of a song on this album probably. Mm -hmm. This was his this was his best of the best, and I just recommend anyone try it and go give it a listen because you will not be disappointed. I agree. He uh, That album is excellent. Yes. Never heard it, but I'll check it out. <sighs> All right. That's it, boys. We did it. We did it. We, we nailed it. We're done with a look back on 2020 until Josh figures out something else for us to do. <laughs> Jesus. No, we're, we're done. I'm, I'm tired of looking back. I just want to look forward now. Same. Um, well, speaking of looking at things, you can find us on social media for all things, culture, Bob hunting pixels and the culture, Bob family of content. You can find hunting pixels on Twitter at, pixels hunting and on instagram at hunting underscore pixels cb uh you can find me on twitter at the bebop man 182 on instagram at bebop man 182 and on twitch at the underscore bebop man uh dylan he's available on twitter at omdizzy on instagram at omdizzy tv as well as his personal one which we've shouted out a million times before you should have heard it by now uh and he's on twitch at omdizzy and austin you're available on twitter at big pop blaze on instagram at big pop stevens and on twitch at big papa please you're missing one am i yeah tiktok now bro oh shit yeah tiktok shit this dude uh has officially decided to uh Step into the TikTok game. You can find him over there at Big Papa Plays. Uh, he'll also be running our TikTok, which will be uh, coming very soon. Uh, I don't know what you would call it because uh, I'm leaving that all in your hands. Uh, Word. Listen. Word. Uh, I don't. I don't know how I how I I made 
TikTok work, but I did because I'm at twenty thousand now. Damn! In like less than forty eight hours, I hit twenty thousand, and I was like, "Oh, son, okay, I'm famous now. This is it. I can fuck everything else. This is my life now." You're a Just famous this. TikTok star. That and my OnlyFans. Uh, that's not happening. So, anyway, that's it for us. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. what an what an episode. What an episode. Um, so, <clears throat> um, before you close out, and you can either keep this or cut it, I don't care, but would you want to next week, I don't know if you have plans for a podcast next week, but would you want to nix that one and instead do a triple stream on Fortnite next Tuesday at our normal recording time, 7 to let's just say 10? Uh, yeah, we could definitely do that. I'd be super down. Because I figure if this goes up on Friday, that gives people enough time to listen. If they do listen and maybe catch us next Tuesday night at the re- normal recording time. Yes, definitely. Which uh, is 7 be, o'clock. Uh, Eastern time. 7 o'clock yes. Eastern. Yep. I forgot there are other time zones. <laughs> I always How American of you. No. That's not even American. That's just like the South, I guess. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Time zones no, shouldn't exist. Shit. Time zones should they not. They kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of have to. They serve a purpose. I don't agree with them. I think they're weird. I don't understand them. Nope. I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. Well, <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's us. That's our show. Thank you, everyone who listened. And uh, we will be back, I guess, not next week. I guess not. Uh, Kind of we will be. Oh yeah, kind of, kind of. In a way. In a sense. In a way. In a way. Uh, But yeah, we will catch you guys all on the flip side. And until then, goodbye.